last episode, we took the Qingshan Railway and traveled from Xining, Qinghai Province, to Tutangula Mountain, and finally to Naju, 4,000 meters above sea level, and saw the mystical skeleton wall there. In this episode, we shall continue our trip and leave Naju for Lhasa, the sacred land in Tibet. There, we will visit Tanka painter Professor Dan Barandan and the successor of Tibetan opera Cheden Doche. We will also go to Potala Palace, a UNESCO World Cultural Heritage Site, to admire the pearl on the world's roof. Since the air is very thin at such a high altitude, the Qingshan Railway installed a dispersion mode oxygen supply system. The oxygen level is maintained at a normal level about 23%. In order to protect the environment, the line implements a zero-discharge system. Waste is compressed and left to be treated later, not discharged onto the track. Lysa 最特別的就是大堂的櫥子內部是鋼結構而外面包著紅松毛具有防腐、防火、防紫外線的功能令整個大堂看似自身是宮殿一樣的 Lhasa City is 3,650 meters above sea level. It has a population of over 500,000. Lhasa literally means place of the gods. It has been the political, economic, cultural and religious hub of Tibet for a long time. Early in the 7th century, Songjian Gambo united Tibet and founded the Turpan regime. Lhasa was then made the capital. In the 7th century, Sunjang Gambo built the Potala Palace to marry Princess Wenchung. 
Over time, wars and fires caused much damage to the building. In 1645, the fifth Dalai Lama ordered an extensive repair on the palace. Thus today's Potala Palace is the result of all sorts of extensions and consolidation projects through the ages. <laughs> the Potala Palace was inscribed to the UNESCO World Heritage List in 1994. Potala is a Sanskrit pronunciation, meaning the residence of the Goddess of Mercy. Its total area is 360,000 square meters. The main building consists of 13 floors, having a height of 117 meters. The architect integrated the building into the environment. Its walls seem to have grown from the hill. The building is like a rectangular plane with a lateral to vertical dimension ratio of 5 to 3, representing the residence of the Goddess of Mercy. Its roof is gold in color, decorated with jade and gold sculptures. The building bears the striking colors of red, white and yellow. Its soaring height reflects man's interpretation of the Buddhist sacred land and the paradise in the human world. The White Palace comprises his living quarters and the offices. And the Red Palace next to it contains halls, chapels, and the shrines of past Dalai Lamas. The biggest one among them, the Great West Hall, has an area of 725 square meters, providing space for important Buddhist ceremonies. It has a skylight admitting daylight. Its walls are covered with paintings. The throne of the Dalai Lama is situated in the middle of the west side. Above the throne, a horizontal tablet reads, The Source of Lotus Flowers, meaning the birthplace of Buddhism. It was written in the 25th year of Emperor Qianlong's reign by the king himself. The hall also houses another valuable item, which is a wall painting describing how the fifth Dalai Lama met Qing Emperor Shunji in Beijing. He was welcomed by several ministers and was carried into the capital in a yellow sedan chair covered with gold. This inconspicuous hall was built in the 7th century. It houses the colored sculptures of the 5th Dalai Lama and Nepalese princess, along with Princess Wang Chong. The bronze statue of the solemn Sungjangambo is extremely vivid. It seems to be able to tell us the thousand years of history of the palace. Outside the hall, there is a tablet which reads Blissful Soul Nourishing Miraculous Fruits, written by Qing Emperor Tongzhu. The sandalwood Guanyin statue inside the hall, believed to be made of natural wood, 
is said to have come from India by itself in the 7th century. It is the first Guanyin statue recorded in Lhasa. Since the Tibetan people believe that Guanyin is the guardian of Tibet, this statue is particularly important. Inside these shrines, we can see the bodies of all the Dalai Lamas. The biggest tomb belongs to the fifth Dalai Lama. It is 12.6 meters tall, coated with gold and inlaid with thousands of precious stones. including this pearl, which is believed to have grown from the brain of an elephant, and the thumb bone of Sakimuni. All of them are valuable and precious items. People worshipping here are all devout and pious. Visitors can experience the hallowed atmosphere of Tibetan culture. Lady 钱 Doche is 74 years old. His parents were members of the Jermu Lung troupe. He grew up in an opera family and began to learn Tibetan opera at eight. He's the only artist in the world who can perform the eight great classical Tibetan operas. He was appointed as the successor of intangible cultural heritage at the state level in 2006. <laughs> Tibetan opera has a history of more than 600 years. It was listed as a UNESCO World Heritage item in 2009. Tibetan opera originated from a ceremonial dance of Tibetan Buddhism. It has absorbed elements from folk dance before becoming today's Tibetan opera. It is a combination of songs, chants, dances, expressions and skills. The only instruments they use are a cymbal and a drum. Their actors sing sonorously. Tang 
就这么一个东西，简单很简单很。唱唱歌。那唱更更难难了，你知知道吧？你动作呢就是咱们可以喊，可以啊，模仿跟可以跳。你唱声音呢，靠你耳朵。我靠耳朵。啊。你你你可以，比如说，听到看不到，对不对？那个声音，你可以听得见吧？我那个声音，看不到吧？声音，看不到，看不到啊，不会的。是但老师话，藏戏嘅唱腔分成表现欢乐嘅长调、表现叙述嘅短调，同埋表现忧愁嘅悲调。悲调系最难嘅，不如我哋听下老师嘅示范呢。啊，唱祖国那那祖国哭起来，哭也没办法了，就已经已经到，啊，快要死的人了，就是你哭也没没用处了。好，上面下面全是面具，藏青面具，哎。好，老师可以跟我们解释一下这些不同颜色的面具有什么意思吗？呃，这个叫那个蓝面具，蓝面具呢就是一般演藏戏的话呢，就开场戏里面就必须要带这个。下去。There are two streams of Tibetan opera. The White Mask Sect is a kind of old opera, and the blue one is new. Actors with blue masks take the stage to perform Wenbadun. The colors of the masks represent different characters. The white ones represent purity or good people. The yellow ones represent luck, the living Buddha. The blue ones represent bravery and righteousness, Wenbadun. There are also masks for devils, painted in green and decorated with sharp teeth, and animal masks represent deities. I'm wearing a mask, and you help me sing. 你帮我。嗯，对人来说的话比较热情，嗯，就这样就看上他，是吧？你追我的吧，不是我追你的吧？你怎么？要承认哟，我还是老公，我还是追嘛。你怎样追他？你当时怎样追他？你怎样去追他？我都拿
Dambaran is the most respected Tanka painter belonging to the new Miangtang school. He was appointed the successor of intangible cultural heritage at the state level in 2006. His family have been court painters for four generations, and his grandfather even painted for the 13th Dalai Lama. There is no agreement on the origin of the art, but it was very popular in the 7th century during the Sungjang Gambo's regime. Since it was rather inconvenient for herdsmen to carry Buddhist statues with them, they painted the deity on a piece of cloth or skin and hung the tanka painting up when they worshipped. And it soon developed into a Tibetan art form. The making of a tanka painting requires much preparation. The paint used is natural minerals. Sometimes ox gall is added to preserve the color in the painting. First, one has to lay down a grid of coordinates. Next, produce an outline. Then a charcoal sketch. After that, accentuate the sketch with ink and color the figures. Light colors are often applied before the dark ones. The cavalier perspective in tanka painting is not limited by time or space. A single theme of different times and different venues can be put together to form a continuous plot. This is a famous work by Dambarandam, Yamantanka and Guardians of Buddhism. The image of Yamantanka in the middle seems to be rising from the painting. Below lie the guardians. This tanka painting demonstrates the coloring skills of the new Miantang school. The sky was painted from a dot of paint. The cloud was painted with different shades. And the muscles were painted in such a way that they seem to be three-dimensional, even in the painting. Jado is a student of Professor Danbaram Dan. Danbaram Dan goes to the workshop every day to teach Tanga for free. 
He wants to pass on his skills. A red palace in the snow. Its gold roofs glow. Sakimuni looks after the butter lamps below. Religious beliefs do have a strong influence on Tibetan culture.